there's nothing that any of us can do to shake or shift the outcome. You can manifest and you can be of service and like with a servant's heart to help others. And that's ultimately what will give you and gift you a beautiful life. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. What does it mean to be our whole selves? Why do we keep parts of ourselves separate? and compartmentalized? And what parts of ourselves do we bring with us when we show up in different communities and in different roles? And what would it feel like to be whole and unapologetic when it comes to who we really are as our authentic selves? My guest today is Shana Bianchi of Mindful Divine, and we talk about lots of things, but this idea of incorporating our whole selves into all parts of our lives is at the core of our conversation. Shana talks about what it took for her to shift into this way of life and thinking, and I personally relate to her story quite a bit. You'll hear us say a few times throughout our talk how aligned we feel with each other. So for me, my spiritual healing and intuitive side feels the most authentic to me in many ways and is a huge part of what feels good and how I feel guided through my life. And even how I create curriculum for clients or when teaching or deciding on what to speak about as a presenter, it's all sourced from this part of my intuitive self. But I know I could incorporate it more and show up in this way in all that I do more confidently by combining these parts of myself, because really I am an intuitive entrepreneur and creator, and it's very motivated by my call to heal myself and others. It's the magic And I know that I'm doing myself and my purpose a disservice whenever I don't allow my whole self to participate. So this conversation with Shana was a great reminder of that. And I am challenging myself to show up even more in this way. And maybe it will incite you to do the same. So get cozy and get ready to be inspired and learn how to lean into your whole self a little more. Here's my conversation with Shana Bianchi. Hi, welcome back. I'm Christina Barcy, your host, and this is People Begin. And we're not alone today. I have a wonderful guest with me that is going to inspire you, make you think, and probably help you with the calm. She definitely has amazing energy. Her name is Shana Bianchi. Welcome, Shana. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. So glad to have you here. We had the pleasure of meeting through a mutual connection in the podcast world. So quick shout out to Allison Marino and her ad agency, Lipstick and Vinyl. Allison's a really good friend of mine. And I also do some work with her company. And Shana started a podcast called Mindful Divine, which we are going to talk about more as we get into the interview. But Allison, of course, she thought we would be like-minded and aligned. And she was super right, because here we are. And we started out by learning about each other just by getting together through Zoom, which is what we do nowadays, right? The whole <laughs> totally the land of Zoom. Of and, the times. Yeah. And that's actually how we met Crystal Bauer as well. So I'm so happy to have you here with me today to finally talk to you formally. I mean, th- beyond thrilled. I love what you're doing. And, and it's true. I mean, I think it's sort of like the Chinese red string theory. It's everybody's connected through one degree of separation. And, and people usually know when when there's synergy and when like-minded people should meet and couldn't have been more dead on with us. Oh, I love that. And I agree hundred percent. So I'm going to formally introduce you now because you have a really cool journey (laughs) (laughs) and you're kind of a badass and I love it. So previously, Shana Bianchi worked professionally within the creative marketing experiential event and branding worlds in LA and New York city strategizing content and working alongside celebrities and fashion moguls. She helped to build brand and market some of the largest companies in the world. But when a slew of health conditions crept up on her and the extreme working conditions, travel, stresses of late night and weekend hours, the anxiety of constant emails and micromanagement and perfectionism caught up to her, she realized her health was at risk, which was her shift, a moment she likes to refer to as a pivotal moment in someone's life that alters the course and direction. And we'll get more into that later. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about that, actually. And these days, Shana hosts a weekly podcast called Mindful Divine, which I mentioned earlier. She's a public speaker, alternative healer, and a certified Reiki energy practitioner, just like me. She's a hypnosis regression therapist and manifestation life coach. She has some really great online courses. So we're going to put all that stuff in the show notes so you can check her out further. And she's also currently writing a book on what it means to be mindful in today's world. Welcome, Shana. Officially. Wow, thank you. What a beautiful intro. Thank you so much. It's a mouthful, my goodness. I've had a I've had a crazy decade, I feel like, and and life really, haven't we all? But thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, I'm so excited to get to dive into your journey. And uh, so you conceptualize the word shift. I'm just gonna jump right in. Yeah, please. And I relate to that quite a bit. I call it the pivot with my clients. I think mm-hmm. I think we use that word a lot now in 2020, everyone's having to pivot constantly. <laughs> things, are, things are changing every day. So I think this is really timely to talk about right now as well. And when we shift, it's, it's really powerful. It causes transformation. It creates change in our lives. I would love to just hear a little bit more about your shift and what led up to that moment for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you said it beautifully. It is sort of that life altering moment. I've realized that so many thought leaders and on different movies and and different moguls, I mean, they kind of have these moments. They either got really sick or a family member got sick or they decided this isn't my purpose. I need to shift careers. And that was really what it was for me. It was, I'm, you know, just to kind of back up a little bit, have always been very in tune and very in touch. I was very spiritual as a young kid, very artistic, very creative, very involved with activities and school and friends and and all of this. And then moving into, you know, college days and and young professional kind of like the beginning of my career was very, very 
driven in what is the next title? What is the next salary? What is all of this? And it became, I don't want to say obsessive, but kind of in like uh, what I thought was normal. I thought it was the healthy rat race that we were all on as young professionals to work hard and, and be successful and make money and work for great companies. And I did, and I'm wildly grateful for my career and, and where I was, which was really heavily, originally heavily based in the fashion industry. I worked in LA and New York. I've worked with wonderful brands and wonderful people, but was also so stressed and so caught up in the day-to-day of, you know, incessant emails and working until 11 at night and working on the weekends and doing all of this. And again, I thought it was the natural, normal grind because for so many of us, it is. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that it's healthy, but it's what our generation and, and millennials in particular have really kind of decided that this is this is what normal life is. We're always connected to our phones. We're always connected to social media. And on one hand, it's great that we can all be connected. I think there's a there's a beauty in connected collective consciousness. But I also think that it can be to our detriment. And I think that that was what really happened for me. I started getting inklings. And again, I had totally separated my spiritual hippy dippy side. Of course, my friends knew who I was, you know, but But that side of me would come out at dinner parties or on the weekends. It wasn't anything that I discussed at work. Even though I've always had a strong intuition, I could read people well, I've seen auras for many, many years, I didn't really cross the two together. And so there were little inklings and little, you know, I'd say probably in the last five or six years where I would start to, it was almost like the universe was teasing my shift. It was like, mm. are you ready? Do you are you do you want to lean into this? Do you want to listen to the signs? So real quick, I want to ask you, so it sounds like it was very intentional for you to keep these two sides of yourself separate. Do you feel like that was something that you were aware of at the time that you were keeping it separate? Or was that something that was just, again, <laughs> part of the subscription of what we learn from outside ourselves? Such a good question. I mean, I think at the time I wasn't aware. I think it was just... I I was I was lucky enough to be very successful at a very young young age. So mm-hmm. I think there was a part of me that was putting on a hat and wearing a role. I'm a big girl and I go to work today and the, you know what I mean. <laughs> so I think I think unintentionally mm-hmm. I was almost playing another character. I was playing who I thought I was supposed to be. Right. I also remember joking Am I free people or am I J Crew? And like as oh. silly as it is, I felt like I had to choose. As I've gotten older, I now realize it's yes and. And I think for so many young professionals, they think they have to be one or the other. They think they have to be super operational or very creative. Why can't you be both, you know? Right. What's the whole picture? And and it sounds to me like you're speaking to transparency quite a bit as well and authenticity. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. how do we include our deepest authenticity, transparent selves in our professional lives and in and in what we want to pursue in this world? How do we show up that way? Absolutely. And it's, and it's hard. And I think it's a hard accepting factor because, and it kind of goes into confidence too. It's, we want to impress not only ourselves, but often our partners, our friends, or our family members. And if you have an idea of who you think you should be, whatever narrative that is, and this goes into like neuro-linguistic programming and all these other things that I work on with my clients so often, but it really is the story that we're telling ourselves. Brene Brown says this beautifully all the time too. The story that I'm telling myself is this. So if the story that I'm telling myself is, I'm ex-professional, I do this, uh, you know, who you are or who you aren't, 
you'll start to get wrapped up in that narrative and it's not always healthy. Narratives can be really healthy if they're affirming and positive and good for your purpose and your growth, but I think that they can be really unhealthy mentally, physically, and emotionally for many people. Yeah, and I th- that's interesting. I'm glad you brought it up that way because I think that we all have a narrative. We all are living our story, if you yeah. will. And I think it's more about you know controlling that narrative and being intentional about what we want that narrative to be mm-hmm. rather than you know just subscribing to what the world has like just like falling into suit like you were saying like yeah. that collective consciousness but that is just one one way to co- collectively connect yeah and tap <laughs> in <laughs> totally I mean I think it is and I think really releasing control was a huge part of my shift among a slew of other things, which we'll get into. But I think just allowing, and I've always said, I trust the universe. And anytime I say that and turn it over to the universe, my goodness, like the universe rewards me with the gift, with a bow tied on top. I feel very grateful for for manifesting and being able to manifest and truly believe that everybody has the ability and the power to do that. But if you're trying to micromanage the outcome of something and you're trying to control it, odds are it's not going to work out how you want it to. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Like, totally. Absolutely. I love that. I, it, yep. It's the micromanagement. I love that. That's really, that's kind of funny because I definitely know when I'm doing that and I feel it and it's like, oh, what am I, like, I need to let go. And as soon as I do, you're right. It just shows up mm-hmm. in the easiest way, in the biggest way. It's, yeah. it's a really fun process. Yeah. So I want to get you back to your story because I interrupted you. Sure. No, I mean, please, that's, that's the beauty of this. I mean, I think, you know, having, having these little whispers of, of the shift, so I want to know what that is. That's what I wanted to ask you about. What is that? What was that? How did you, what was, what was being put on your radar and how did you start to notice it? I was crying very often on my way to work. I was, I was just unhappy and mm-hmm. I'm a very positive, happy person. Um, some people will th- feel like, oh, I'm being too sensitive or I'm being too emotional. There are certain triggers. You need to listen to that. That's something else kind of telling you this doesn't feel right. It wasn't aligning to me anymore. Certain doors were opening for new jobs. Other doors were closing. I thought I really wanted this one job. I didn't get it. I was so sad, but you know, all of those things. So little stuff like that. Then finally, I mean, about a year into these whispers and into these feelings and just feeling like, I remember crying and thinking, I don't, I don't even have time to read the coffee table books that I bought. Like, I don't even have time to flip through the pictures of a book. Not even like I'm reading, like, I don't even have time to do these things. I felt like like, no joy. I, I, it truly, I felt like I didn't have, I wasn't myself. I wasn't helping people. And that was a big part of it too. I felt like I wasn't being of service, but I didn't yet know what that looked like or felt like that, that aligned. And that felt really right with me. And then I started getting a handful of health issues. So I sort of feel like the universe, God, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter truly. It's whatever resonates with you, whatever that higher power is to you. I felt the universe was was giving me little signs and I wasn't fully listening. And finally, I started getting some health issues. And I think sometimes that comes up when you know, it's like the little tiny knock, knock, knock. And then finally, it's almost like, you know, the universe is shaking you like, Shay, come on, what are you listening? Are you are you paying attention? So I started getting vertigo was the first of it. And it was terrifying. It was so scary. And so weird. I like went to the emergency room the first time it happened. I had no idea what was going on. I had just gotten back from traveling for two weeks straight. I thought, am I dehydrated? Am I sick? You know, I had no idea. I got an MRI. I mean, thank goodness, everything checked out. And the doctors didn't really they couldn't really find anything wrong with me other than, sorry, this is a form of a migraine and vertigo. Good luck. 
Really? So it was connected to migraines. It was connected to my, is what they said, but I have never mm-hmm. had migraines. I don't have headaches. I drink a ton of water. You know, it was so all you, weird. You didn't have the migraine. It was yeah. just the vertigo. It was oh, just the vertigo. And I, th- and they explained it, that this could potentially just be an isolated moment and that I wouldn't have them anymore. Well, I went on to have them for a year and a half. Vertigo spouts, but probably two or three times a week. And it was really bizarre. My ears would ring. So so that's when I started thinking, is this spiritual or is this physical? I got all of these tests run. I got, you know, crystals in my ears checked. I had gotten my hearing to all of these little things to try to rule out the science because as spiritual as I am, I still want the data and I still want the facts. So t- tell me if there's something really real that I need to listen to. And if not, what else is whispering? And now it's like past a whisper at this point. It's like a yell. So started getting vertigo. I that was really kind of what led me on my journey. The very I'll never forget. We had just moved from Los Angeles, my husband and I, down to Orange County, like Laguna Newport Beach, and it happened to me while I was driving. And that's when I said, and thank God Dylan was in the car. It was totally fine. But that's when I said I need to seek some other help that aren't normal doctors. Mm. I've always had like spiritual coaches and I've, you know, gotten from like tarot to psychic to sound therapy and sound bowls and chakra cleansing and whatnot on my free time, just, you know, for funsies. But that's <laughs> when I thought, okay, I'm going to seek somebody else was, was introduced to a kinesiologist, got into kinesiology and, you know, had started suffering gut issues. So there was like all of these weird health issues. And again, I felt like I was a very healthy person. So it didn't resonate with me other than helping to get me to meet several other healers who I had never met with in addition to the ones that I was already working with prior to. And that was what really changed my diet. I realized I was allergic to gluten. I changed, you know, everything I was, I had always eaten healthy, but really shifted to more of like a a vegan plant-based gluten-free dairy-free diet. Crazy, but good and, and helpful. But that was really what shifted for me. And then I was able to start to figure out how do I help others? Because now I'm being helped on another level. I'm meditating way more than I ever have. I got off social media for eight months, which like cannot recommend enough. It was so healthy and was terrifying at first because we're so addicted. Eight months is a long time. It was a long time. It was almost a year. And yeah. uh, and that was really healthy. And that was a huge part of my journey. And really leaning into the gifts that I have. I think so many of us are afraid to lean in and listen I think meditation scares a lot of people, but I also think that there's a a wildly misunderstood interpretation of what meditation is and should be. And there's so many different ways that work with different people. Gardening and watering plants can be meditation. You can, of course, the norm, you know, typical sit down and, and truly meditate, but it can also be with music on. You can lay down, you can do free writing. I mean, so I meditate in a, in a million different ways and get a lot of messages through that. And I just started listening. Mm-hmm. I just started listening and, and I stopped controlling and that was my shift. And that was when I said, okay, I can be of service in the ways that I've been in the ways that I've been helping myself. I can teach others. I've been manifesting every job, every like boyfriend and, and truly like growing up it sounds so silly but like everything that I've ever wanted gratefully I've gotten but through a series of of manifestation and and believing that the the universe will act as a mirror you know wow yes there's so many things I want to talk about that you've said first thing is it sounds like it was a process of letting go that you that you decided to take part in and yeah. including like 
down to the type of things you were eating, down to the habits that were in your daily life, like social media. What was that process like for you? It was a little cold turkey. And I mean, the food, I guess I'd sort of gone dairy free over a couple of years. Vegan, I just believed in it because I like love animals and feel really sad. <laughs> You're very empathetic. I'm like wildly empathetic, like so much so that it's it's like a problem. Sometimes I have to really make sure to disconnect because like if somebody says they have a like I'll almost feel their pain. I'll get the stomach ache if somebody else has a stomach ache. So I have to be yeah. really careful. You're, you're an empath. I have to make sure that I do, you know, Epsom salt baths. I do crystal clearing. I really make sure to like unplug and like disconnect mm-hmm. my cords. But yeah, it was a series of letting go. It was a process with social media. It was cold turkey. It was one day on, one day off. Realizing that we are all smarter than the incessant scrolling. And right now, especially, my goodness, like everybody is so tapped in. And listen, I've been back on social media for the last few months. I've definitely leaned back into it, but I, I'm going back in with a with a new outlook. And it wasn't that I got off because I was sad or jealous. I mean, I think a lot of people have a hard time watching other people's fake curated lives, which are so not real. For me, it was just that there's better use of my time. What can I be doing? And so in that time, I meditated and I walked and I I really started to reprogram the programming that, again, I thought who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing for a career and how to monetize myself can be looked at with a new light. And so it really was almost like a, a beautiful shedding or blooming, I guess you could say, that allowed me to release control and to say, okay, I turn it over to you. I, I met my spirit guides throughout the process. I, you know, all of this. And so I really have kind of just turned it over and and feel even today that there's nothing that any of us can do to shake or shift the outcome. You can manifest and you can be of service and like with a servant's heart to help others. And that's ultimately what will give you and gift you a beautiful life. Wow. Well said. Okay. We're finished. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, was, awesome. that was just so well put together. And it truly is, a, a sh- I think, shedding and blooming. I think those go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It sounds like what I'm hearing is, you know, as through that letting go process and letting the current state go and coming up with new ways to take care of yourself and listen through the listening, you were getting messages and through that. Number one, I think it sounds like you already trusted yourself. You already trusted and had a, had a relationship with your intuition. And that probably helped in this part of your transition and shifting. But it does sound mm-hmm. to me like you were having this moment of really leaning into trusting that and letting go of yeah. not have like questioning that you that maybe you shouldn't trust it or listening to that voice in our heads. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that being a part of it for you? I mean, I ha- of course... I'm human and have my days of wondering and doubting and and listening to that negative voice. But I really feel that if it's possible, that voice is just the ego that's talking. And if you can quiet it, I almost sometimes treat it like a child. When I have those moments, I allow it to come in. And then I say, thank you so much. Almost like to a kid, thank you for saying what you think and what you feel and voicing your opinion. I'm going to need you to kind of go hang in this other room for a little bit because it's not going to gift me what I need. And it will only drive me crazier and crazier. And again, I've totally been there. I do feel that I um, have always had a confidence and it could just be more of like a trust in the universe and a trust in myself. And I think so many of us doubt ourselves and don't have the confidence to know that everything is going to be okay or they let the fear creep in. And if you can quiet and silence that fear, 
you know, the, the, your life is endless. The potentially, the potential to, to have beautiful, wonderful opportunities is endless, but you do have to stop living in that fear state. Yep. Yes. And I think trusting yourself, having that awareness, I think those are first steps for sure for someone who might not be quite connected in that way yet, or even realizing that there's another way to think, to like think about ourselves or a different conversation we can have with ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I do really like what you said about being sort of, you're kind of the dry, you're in the driver's seat, this positive, like connected voice and going, Hey, uh, thank you for showing up. I mm-hmm. appreciate that you're a part of this, right? but you are going to hang out in the backseat yeah. and I'm driving. So yeah. stop trying to touch the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think realizing, I mean, the power of now is a wonderful book. So if you all are listening, please feel free to read that. It's, it's fabulous and really helped to kind of change my life. But once I realized that, I am not my thoughts. And that's by Eckhart Tolle. By right? Eckhart Tolle, yeah. And it's, you know, to really be able to separate your thoughts from your mind and know that it's just, again, it's a it's passing. I mean, think about, and how you're saying, if people aren't as connected or aren't really tapping in, that's okay. I'll try to just have some more awareness as you move through your day and as you, as you move through your week. How are you talking to yourself? I remember asking my friends this a lot as I was exploring this journey and even before saying, how do you talk to yourself? Are you mean? Are you, do you you get really mad? Oh, stupid Shayna. Why would you go upstairs? You've could have gone to, you know, like little things. I mean, some people are so hard on themselves and it breaks my heart to think it's easy to. And there are times last week I was being so hard on myself. I thought, what are you doing? You know, be nice. Praise mm-hmm. yourself. Give yourself credit for being who you are and in your element. I mean, I also so so that's one exercise that I do. Agreed. And permission to make those totally. silly mistakes. Like, oh, why did I walk into the kitchen? Oops. Huh, how totally. funny. <laughs> like, like why did of... I take this job? Or why Bigger didn't I negotiate too. better? Or why didn't I you know, why did I go out with that guy three times? He was a total asshole. You know, I think that there are times when we're so hard on ourselves, instead of saying, you know, what, what is this? Why me? What is this doing to me? Say, what is this teaching me? What can I, what did I just learn from that? I mean, I used to be so, I I feel like I might've told this story on one of my podcasts, but like, if I would remember to put my keys in the right part of my purse years ago, I would say, oh, you're such a smart cookie. Good job, because I could pull them right out. So I was always just affirming myself. And it sounds silly, but you wouldn't talk. The way that we talk to ourselves, you would never talk to your friends or your family like this. I don't know why we give ourselves the okay to to speak poorly to ourselves. It's It's not okay. It should not be okay. So really to be mindful of that. The other thing that I do, which is really interesting and also sounds bizarre, is before bed, if I'm if I'm really particularly having a low day, I will count down from 10 and on every number I will try to compliment or affirm myself. And this is really big in confidence and I don't even know I made this up I think like years That's ago. That's great. And you know, 10 you are wise, 9 you are strong, 8 you are bold, whatever it is and really really believe it and think it. And that's been something that's really helped me. And another example that I've given friends and clients and it has totally helped them. I mean, even just doing it for a week really helps to change your mindset and helps to affirm and build the confidence subconsciously, even if you don't believe it yet. And listen, there are days when I'm like, I get to six and I'm like, I don't know what else. I'm like, I'm not I'm not proud of myself today. I'm not. And you have to force yourself to do it no matter what. And there's something really beautiful and profound there. 
Oh, I love those as tools because uh, it's creative, first of all, which of course I love. Mm-hmm. And and it's true, your subconscious brain will hold on to that and and the feelings will start to change. You'll start to think differently. You'll we change our habits that way. That's yeah. very foundational, those types of exercises. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm probably going to give that as an exercise to please. my listeners if you're, if you're okay with please, that. Please, please. That's beautiful. So I have a, a question about the shift about the concept of this, just to shift back into that (laughs) is, do you feel like it, it always has to be painful? Do you think that these shifts come at us in ways where we only notice it if we're in pain? Great question. I think oftentimes, no, to answer your question in short, no, it doesn't always have to be painful and it shouldn't have to be painful. However, pain or, you know, a scare or whatever it is, is often the one thing that can really shift us. It can really push you out of your comfort zone and make you make a change. It shouldn't have to always be painful. I think if if you are listening early on enough, it, it isn't painful. I think that it can just be getting a new job opportunity. It doesn't even mean losing a job. It's getting a new job. That can be the shift. Mm. You can meet somebody you know, in another city and start a business deal with them or a new friendship with them that grows into something or a partner that you build a family with. So a shift doesn't always have to be professional, doesn't always have to be hyper spiritual. I think that it just is sort of a a change in the course that you have been heading down or a change in what you thought was supposed to be right. Hmm. Emphasis on what we thought would be right. Mm -hmm. Because that's sort of relative in, in many ways, isn't it? Uh, it's uh, yeah in so many ways i think again it goes back to what what we believe we should be and who we should be and sometimes that's great sometimes people know exactly who they should be and those are wonderful great people but there are other times when we just feel like we need to be a lawyer because our family has been in law or we have to be a doctor because our 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 dad made us go to school for x amount of years and why would I, why would I, you know, go into something that's not as lucrative? I think that there's so many like old school thought patterns that are really stifling for our generation and can really hold us back if we don't decide that that's not what needs to be right. And that's not what needs to be our narrative. Yes. And I think what you're saying to harken back to being tapped in and the collective consciousness is I do feel that we're moving in this direction of Mm -hmm. authenticity and transparency as, as a community. I think even more so now we've accelerated that this year for a lot of people who maybe haven't touched in that in themselves that way yet are having to, because they Mm -hmm. have more time on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. And et cetera. Things pop up and show up when we have dire uh, circumstances, which again, coming back to the pain, right? That, it's a little painful for some right now if you've never done it before yeah. and now you're forced to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's I just agree and and it it doesn't have to be painful. And I think that we are wanting to to find new systems like you're describing to to tap in and to connect to each other that way. And I think it is more rewarding mm-hmm. for everyone. Absolutely. On that note regarding service, you brought that up a couple of times. So it sounds like something that has been important to you your whole life wanting to show up somehow for others. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that comes just from your heart or has that been something that you just put on the list of like, this is what is required to be a good human being as I grow into a woman? And did, did, was this something that you always employed or aimed towards including in your life, being of service? 
It wasn't something that I put on a list. So I, I would say probably the former of of letting my heart sort of lead. I had teachers tell me, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to help others. And I've always tried to help others, but not, I think I, I thought that I was helping people by branding a company or helping them build a company or dressing or fashion. But I realized throughout the course of it that it's really, I tried to shed the materialistic outlook that we have as a society and that has cracked my heart open even more. So I think I just, I didn't want to be a selfish human. And I, and I don't know if I accidentally was when I was younger or if we all are because we're wrapped up in our world and our lives and whatever that may be, but it feels so much better to give back and to help other people and And I had been giving advice and helping and like coaching people for so many years before I decided to do it as a career, but it definitely was my heart leading in the service. And then the more that I've read and learned, it was almost like I was remembering, dare I say, from a past life. It was almost like I'm like, realize this, oh, this is actually how we're supposed to be as humans. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be helping others. We're supposed to be building community and and leading with love and leading with our heart. So it was almost like a remembrance and like I was stepping back into myself that might have just gotten a little shady throughout the course of my, you know, younger childhood and, and younger 20s, teen and, teen and 20 years, you know. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And I, I do relate. I think that we do get caught up in just what does it mean to be me? between those ages of, of like late teens, early twenties, it's like, what does it mean to be here? And how do I do it? And and you're just trying to like figure it out. Totally. A lot of, a lot of us are, I I feel like this next generation is like ahead of their game and (laughs) they kind of seem to figure it out from my observation, which is so cool to see. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about your book a little bit. Yeah. And in your bio, I said it's leaning towards mindfulness. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about your inspiration for, you know, why a book? There's so many things we can create to get our message out. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, why why a book and just a little more about what, what, yeah. what you're making. A big part of my shift happened in 2018 and 2019. And I've always written poetry and I've always written but, and I'm not, I will start this by saying I'm not musically inclined. I cannot sing very well. I cannot play any instruments. I wish that I could. I started getting like downloads of songs and poetry as I was driving and as I was walking, melodies would come into my head. And so that was what really kind of helped to crack me open and help me lean back into writing. Um, I've always written short stories. I've always written, again, as I said, like poetry. And so, so it started to become a medium that I was comfortable with. I paint and I draw. And so that's always been a creative outlet for me. But to write again was really special. And again, like I've been writing like blog posts and marketing slogans. And like I had been writing so many other things that were not true to what I, what I loved and what I really felt on the day to day. So it was really nice to kind of have that creative outlet. Throughout the course of that, I realized that there was a message to share in a really big way in and around mindfulness, which really kind of goes hand in hand with my podcast, Mindful Divine. And so it was sort of twofold for me. I love the idea. I love obviously talking to people. I love hearing stories. I love sharing stories. I think that there's something very special about learning from others and and what, you know, others have kind of gone through and been through and how they have overcome different struggles and strifes. And so it was one hand, the podcast to talk. And then the other hand was a book because I wanted almost like 
I wanted to create a guidebook for people. I had so many listeners, friends, family members who would say kind of what we were talking about. Shana, how do you manifest? What is this? What does it even mean? How to Mm -hmm. simplify it, but make it accessible. So I really wanted to create a book that had stories therein, but also had tips and tools and tricks and insight from thought leaders and spiritual gurus that were really helpful and inspiring to me and could anybody could turn to at any time and say how do I how do I live mindfully how what does mindful even mean how do I tap in and tune in and and how do I unlock my purpose and how do I understand that money is energy so so the podcast is is a catalyst with it and the book is in its final stages, which is so, so exciting. And it was no easy feat, but it was a beautiful exploration for me. I don't claim to have it all figured out, but I think that there is also beauty in the journey of that as well. So yeah, it really is a guidebook and I'm thrilled. I, you know, I'll be pitching it to different publishers here pretty soon. And I've had a lot of really exciting conversations, which again, I'm just so, so grateful for. So I'm excited to kind of continue and start to build that momentum and plan to write more books after the first, but this is definitely the first little victory push. Woohoo. That is so exciting. I, uh, yeah, it, yeah. And I can't wait to see what you do next with it and, and have it come out and be able to, you know, purchase one and have my own. Oh, I'll send it to you. Absolutely. Oh, yay. Okay. So we're excited. And as soon as you have the title, you have to share that with sure. us. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the podcast. So you said that goes hand in hand with the book. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what you like to talk about there and the format? And mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think when I started the podcast, originally I was going to do it with, with two other gals who I love and adore and are very, very dear friends on similar journeys. With COVID, it all sort of shifted. At the very beginning of COVID, remember, I mean, we were like wiping, everybody Mm -hmm. was like wiping down Amazon packages and like going outside Mm -hmm. with like gloves and like hazmat suits, basically. So I wasn't going anywhere and sort of decided, okay, I, I, you know, got the blessing from the girls. I said, I just feel like I need an outlet. I need to start communicating and talking. And, And so that was started originally as three became just kind of my own solo journey. And then again, was going to have guests. And until we've now figured out Zoom and and different video and and remote ways to communicate, I thought I'm just going to do the first season solo, which I did. So wrapped the first season. I'm currently on hiatus and I'm recording now for season two with guests. And Mm. I mean, so thrilled and so excited to have amazing guests. I I don't want to like name drop, but have beautiful TEDx speakers and authors and doctors and alternative healers. So really have a lot in the queue from like famed celebrity to like local healers. And I think that there's just a lot to learn. So yeah, I mean, season two is en route. I think the, the outline of the show really typically starts with a concept whether it be unlocking your purpose. Sometimes there's courses that go along with it. It could be monetization. It could be the concept of time. So some some that's like very dry and very simple. Some are a little bit more metaphysical and a little bit more science-driven. Uh, go into a segment that I call Method to Manifesting. So I always, again, kind of like my book, like to give tools and tips and tricks to sort of level up and like spiritual hack their way through life. I usually then dig into the science of it and data and case studies. And then I usually do a spiritual send off. So 
the format is a ton of fun. It is very, I feel very engaging and it's broken up in little bite-sized pieces and none of them are too, too long. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to interview different guests just because again, like I love having these sort of interactions, but it also was a really beautiful exploration for me to write and to learn you know, more about the Native American medicine wheel or, you know, different things that I've always loved or appreciated, but I'm able to really understand full circle. It's important to look back to see what others have done. And I think we can really learn so much from putting ourselves in others' shoes and understanding what they do in Bali or, you know, parts of Southeast Asia or in Africa or, you know, the Native American culture. I think that there's a lot to learn from from others. So I really try to make that a, a common theme as well. Well, I love your podcast. You sound so lovely. Like listening to your voice is so soothing as well. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's enjoyable. And season two sounds so exciting. So I, I look forward to that. Do you have a launch date for that yet? In the next month or so. I mean, I am crazy busy recording right now with different guests. So mm-hmm. I think as I record over the next month, I would imagine December, January latest. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look forward to that. And again, it's called, give us the title one more time. Mindful Divine. Mindful Divine. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful title. Thank you. So all that said, how has what you've learned helped you through this year? Because we all know this year is a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Did it bring up anything for you? Did it serve you in a way that you expected, maybe unexpected? You know, I feel like I did a lot of work in 2019. I did the shadow work. I leaned in. I decided that my shift was among me and I was shifting. I decided to get certified in a lot of different modalities that I had been intuitively doing for many years from, from Reiki to, you know, spiritual hypnosis therapy. So this year, I know that it has been a struggle for so many and my heart goes out to so many people who have suffered. And I know it has been very hard for me. I feel grateful that it's actually been a beautiful blessing. I think that it has, I've also, I'm like, obviously very Pollyanna and like glass is half full, but it's given me more time to go on a walk with my dog, to see my husband. I mean, yes, I work upstairs and he works downstairs, but to be able to eat lunch together, I mean, we've been together, we're going on 12 years. I mean, we never had lunch together. We would work usually until seven or eight, we'd have dinner. So it really has almost gifted us a new part of our relationship that we didn't really get to have listening to the birds different. I I just feel like not being in the car as much has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think, I think this year it's, it's taught me again to release control Mm -hmm. and to love others a little bit more. I released um, one of my podcasts. I sometimes put out meditations and it was a, a meditation called like me. And it's something that I've tried to think of throughout 2020 and especially through this election, which has been really challenging for so many, for so many family members and friends. I know it's broken up. And so the one thing that I try to do is when you're, when you feel that there's a conflict with somebody, whether you know them or not, or you have a disagreement, the one thing that you can continue to say in your head is like me, they just want to be loved. And like me, they're just doing the best that they can. And so I've really tried to hold on to that. So I think there there are tools that I have put into my toolbox that I have pulled out more in 2020. And I think that that's what life is. We are constantly building our spiritual toolbox. What can we continue to add to it? And sometimes what can we throw out from it too? What isn't serving us? So for me, it's kind of just leaning in and loving myself and trying to love others and know that this too shall pass. It's not, nothing truly is the end of the world and everything can be 
you can figure out anything. You can kind of reshape and rework and reshift whatever that is. So releasing control has been a big one for me for this year, especially as well. Thank you for that. Yes. And I, I love that action piece of like starting with like me and then filling in the blank because mm-hmm. it really does extend grace and compassion to others where maybe we wouldn't have stopped to do that before. Mm-hmm. Do it in the grocery store. Do it like at a stoplight. I mean, it's yes. really interesting. I think we have we've started to be trained that we are all so different from one another when in actuality we're all so similar and we really want so many of the same things. So I, I think to really exercise that and remember that it's about inclusion, not division, I think will be the key for us as a as a thriving society. I agree. I think at the core, we do want the same things as human beings. Mm-hmm. And remembering that, it just makes everything easier, honestly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just straight up makes it easier. <laughs> it just makes it life easier. It makes yeah. me feel better. And then everyone else hopefully feels better because no yeah. one's angry. Like. <laughs> Totally. It's just easier. So thank you for all of these tools. So for someone who's just sort of hearing this this type of conversation for the first time, mm-hmm. how do you suggest or how they get started? So what would be like a good first step to start a journey like this to maybe lean into their own shift? Yeah. I mean, I think the first step is to, to sit in a room comfortably, put some music on and do some free writing. Write, make make a few lists. Think about what you're grateful for. Think about maybe what, what you are loving about your life. Maybe think about some things that have you had inklings of a shift? Do you feel like you want to help move that shift along? You know, really kind of start to outline how you envision your dream life and what you feel like you may be lacking? Is it, are you lacking in confidence? Are you lacking in, you know, spirituality? Because it's not something that you have to hold on to forever and, and lack forever. These are all little like pockets that we can fill. So I think just starting down in free writing and having the awareness, as I said, to really think about, well, am I mean to myself on a day-to-day basis? Just let yourself be aware for a couple of weeks then kind of start to decide, pick one or two things that you want to focus on and help with. I think right now there's so many wonderful courses online. There's free courses, there's great workshops. So I think some of those are really helpful. I think so many is like to be cliche and silly, like these aha moments are really important and really valuable. And I think that I've had a lot of aha moments through courses and free writing and kind of just sitting with myself. I think going on a walk, even around the block without a phone, just to think or to hear the birds or to watch a dog across the street. Like, I think that there's so much that we don't do because we're so connected to the scroll. So set the boundaries with social media, with friends, with family member and family members and let yourself be selfish with your time. First and foremost, like self-care is okay. And it's okay to say no, and it's okay to decide to do your own thing or be on your own. I think that's the beauty of COVID actually is actually like it's allowed us to do that in an okay space because I mean, there wasn't a weekend before COVID where I didn't have plans and traveling here or going there. And so it's let me slow down. And I think it's, it's important to keep that pace for all of us. Thank you for that. We t- I talk about awareness as the first step quite a bit. So I appreciate that. We're so aligned. Of- yes. I, I mean, Yeah, it's always, I think that that truly is step one. So thank you for sharing that. And I know that we are like, don't be on social media, but where can we find you? (laughs) (laughs) 
set boundaries. Just don't do it right when you wake up and before you go to bed. Like figure out your yes. windows as long as it's not all day every day. It's intentional. You got to go on intentional. Yes, exactly. Well, um, I have my website, mindfuldivine.com. And then of course, the podcast, as we said, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere, wherever anybody listens to the podcast. I'm also on Instagram, my first name, underscore last name. So that's Shana underscore Bianchi. We'll have the spelling, I'm sure, in the episode notes. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm really kind of digging into daily bite size tidbits. So I do think that there's a lot of value in in Instagram and in reels these days of just really quick micro information. I have my YouTube channel, of course, which I will be starting to share behind the scenes on on different podcasts and different messages that I'm sharing. I don't need Instagram. Instagram and the community may need me. And I think we should all remember that. It's that it doesn't exist without you. So choose the the time and the space that you're on it and let it be a healthy relationship. And I mean, it's just like with any partner, uh, man or woman, you wouldn't want something or somebody taking your time, making you feel lousy about yourself or about your life. So really pick those intentionally. I think it's important to pick that time. That's a great way to think about social media as, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with it and what do you want that to feel like? Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Shana, for being with us today. I think we learned a lot. And of course, I feel extra aligned after talking to you even more. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's always such a joy to talk to you. Your voice is so like calming and soothing and zen. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Beeble Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if you want more tools, resources, and techniques for your creative process and to connect with me directly, then I'd love to invite you to our Unleash Creative Community. Just follow the link in the show notes and I'll look forward to meeting you there. Happy creating. Happy creating.